Welcome to episode number 10 of the Wolf Sports Show. We're at the halfway point in the season, basically, because now the 18 weeks just finished week nine. It was a crazy week, a lot of surprises, upsets. We have the Odell Beckham situation still playing out. He's now a free agent because he cleared waivers. Nobody claimed him. And there are a few teams in the mix. And the Week 10 schedule is pretty interesting. Russell Wilson will be returning the lineup after missing just three games due to his finger injury. We'll get to that matchup soon. But before Week 10, we'll start with the teams on a bye this week. Four of them, the Bengals, Bears, Giants, and Texans. The Bengals were riding high a couple of weeks ago with their blowout win over the Ravens, but they've lost two straight since to the Jets and to the Browns. The Browns game last week kind of swung early on the pick six by Denzel Ward. Joe Burrow was going for Jamar Chase on an out route. He kind of just stared him down, and Ward undercut it, took it to the house. The throw was a little inside. I think Burrow... Maybe Chase had a ton of early success. Maybe Bro feels, because Chase is so good, that he'll win every single one-on-one matchup like he did in college. And defenses are now, like, they know Chase is Bro's guy. So look for through the bye, maybe they get other guys more involved. T. Higgins had a good game last week, but they kind of stopped going to him as much as maybe they could have. And Cincinnati has the week off to sort of get back on track. For the Bears, Justin Fields continues to show progress, which is promising. He can run around, as he's shown, but he's trying to make strides as a passer and win from the pocket, which is good because it's better if he's not reliant on his athleticism so much. Darnell Mooney had a couple of touchdowns in the close loss to the Steelers on Monday night. Allen Robinson, early in the game especially, they tried to get him going. Look for that to also continue coming off the bye. And the defense, they'll benefit getting Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson if they can get healthy and get back when they return to action. The Giants, again, they seem to get wins over teams when you don't really expect it. The Raiders were coming off a bye, but the Giants... Defense played really well, picked off Derek Carr twice, and got the win, including a pick six they had. And they got the win to remain relatively in the mix heading into their bye. And hopefully they get healthy too with Saquon Barkley in particular. Hopefully he's back from the ankle injury in week 11. And then the Texans, I think Tyrod Taylor was definitely rusty in his return last week. He had three interceptions. The Texans really couldn't do much offensively. Defense played well, though, so that's something maybe they can build on. And now let's jump right to the Week 10 matchups. Thursday night football, the Ravens go to Miami. It's their first matchup since Week 1 of 2019, Lamar Jackson's MVP season. And in that game, he and the offense and Marquise Brown, they just totally demolished the Dolphins in Miami. And that kicked off the MVP campaign for Jackson, who had an outstanding season. And Jackson and the Ravens had another double-digit comeback last week, their third of the season. 
is not always consistent, but Jackson is clearly he's had growth as a passer and he's more comfortable if his team's behind and he knows that, that he can bring them back. They can win games even if they fall behind. And like that week one game from a couple of seasons ago, this is also in Miami tonight. For some reason, I just feel like Jackson and Marquise Brown, I feel like they're going to play good um, in Miami, in the area. I just think they're comfortable there. And the Dolphins, they were able to get a win over the Texans last week. But this will be a much tougher test. Hopefully Tua is healthy with his finger, or at least he's able to play. He's not 100%, but he might be able to give it a go after missing last week. And the offense has been pretty banged up. Devontae Parker on IR now, so he's missing at least two more games. Will Fuller still out with his finger injury. The defense will have to step up for the Dolphins to get a win tonight, probably. Now to the Sunday games. Saints and Titans first for New Orleans. I didn't mention the Michael Thomas thing last week. Um, it was before last week's show. He announced he's done for the season because of another ankle issue. So he's essentially had the last two years wiped out, which isn't great for the Saints. He, he obviously caused issues last season and into this offseason. There was, I guess, some disagreement between him, the training staff, and everything, and he has the single-season record for receptions, but he hasn't been a part of the offense. And so the Saints are in on Odell Beckham Jr., and we'll see where that goes. But the defense, Saints defense, the run D's elite. Them and the Bucks have the best two run defenses the past, really, the past few years. They've been really tough to run on both teams. But Matt Ryan lit them up through the air last week, and they lost to the Falcons. So they're looking to bounce back. The offense got going at the end of the game last week, so they'll look to ride that momentum, maybe have a faster start this week. But they face a Titans team that's really confident, but I don't think it's confident to the level where they think they'll be able to just walk in and beat teams. They have star players on defense. Kevin Byard, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry has stepped up big time this year. But they play a gritty type of game. For the Titans offense, I said to look out for Julio Jones being a bigger part of the offense in the second half. It seemed like he was getting more involved before he was out with another hamstring issue a couple of weeks ago, but then he returned Sunday night. He played, I didn't look at the numbers, but I think he, just based on watching the game, played his highest three of snaps, I would say, for the season, I think. He seems to be, it didn't show up in the stats. He didn't have like a big game stat-wise, but he seems to be like close to himself and he could explode in the second half maybe. And like I said, they kind of need him. I think he might know it given how much he played. He was on the field a lot. I think he knows it, that they need him. They're going to need him without Derrick Henry. But Adrian Peterson, he scored a touchdown in his first game with the Titans. He looks in shape as he always does. It was weird on the Sunday night broadcast. Chris Collinsworth was saying he was running too straight up compared to how he normally does, and he'll see that on the film or something. Maybe he was a little more straight up than usual, but 
Collinsworth, doesn't he know that Peterson's always been an upright runner? That was weird. I was just like kind of puzzled when he said that. I was like, what? But I would think Saints-Titans will be a close one this Sunday for a divisional matchup, Bills at the Jets. The Bills offense just didn't wasn't working against the Jags last week in the 9-6 loss. Josh Allen was running around. The pass blocking wasn't great. He was running around and having to throw on the run and crazy stuff. And when you do that, it's tough to be consistently to consistently move the ball when you're just the quarterback's just running for his life. It felt like my intramural flag football team in college almost when if it wasn't often our pass blocking was pretty good, but if the pass blocking struggled and they were getting pressure, it's tough. You run around. So it's even tougher in the NFL with these fast athletes, the defensive back and the linebacker uh, closing in when you're trying to put the ball on the money on the run as Allen had to do. I think the Bills will run the ball more to take more pressure, get in more favorable third down situations. So look for that this week. And the defense will look to shut down the Jets. The The Jets have gotten good quarterback play the past couple of weeks. Mike White and then Josh Johnson stepped in and played well against the Colts last Thursday night. But it was unfortunate Mike White had to leave the game because of a forearm issue. Thankfully, White is good to go this week, and he's going to start again. And it's a big opportunity for him going against a tough Buffalo defense. Then Detroit at Pittsburgh. The Lions had their bye last week. Hopefully they got healthier um, with Jamal Williams running back. Had a thigh issue, missed the last game. The big thing for the offense, though, is they need the outside receivers to step up. Amon Ross St. Brown might play more on the outside. And they added Josh Reynolds. They claimed him from the Titans, who it just didn't work out in Tennessee. But he's he can play on the outside. He can also play inside, but he's sort of a bigger target the Lions could probably use and a good red zone guy. So we'll see how they acclimate Reynolds moving forward as they get him up to speed. And the Steelers were counted out. Ben Roethlisberger's been counted out. Mike Tomlin, I don't know why you would. He's got 150 career wins at 49 years old. But the Steelers are 5-3 and three, right in the AFC North mix. They have star players on the defense. Najee Harris has helped bring balance to the offense behind an improved offensive line. So the Steelers might be the most sort of underrated team in the league right now. The Jaguars go to Indy to face the Colts in a divisional matchup. Jaguars are coming off that upset win over the Bills. I think it's a good sign that after both wins for the Jags that you could kind of see how happy the players were. Urban Meyer, he's thrilled at wins and he takes even plays and games really hard. You could see on the sideline. Anyway, it's good that they're all happy and they seem to be buying in a little bit after the hiccups Meyer had early in his tenure with Jacksonville. And ideally, the Jags will get to a spot where they're not like super thrilled with a win. It's just business as usual to get wins. They'll look to build a winning streak, but going to Indy will be a tough task. The offensive line for the Colts is they had an outstanding game last Thursday night against the Jets. They mauled them, and Jonathan Taylor went for 200 yards total. Makes things easier on Carson Wentz when they're playing well up front and running the ball well. And Darius Leonard just 
he makes plays like crazy. I guess because he plays like in middle of the country, he maybe doesn't get the recognition he should, but he might be Trayvon Diggs is he's got a great case, of course, but Leonard might be defensive player of the year at the halfway point. And also about making plays all over the field, Josh Allen in the matchup of the Josh Allens, he did about as well as you can as a defender. Had a sack, interception, and a fumble recovery against Allen. So that was, I don't think that'll ever happen again. Anything like that, uh, the same name and that type of performance. The only thing really missing was a touchdown. Moving to a playoff rematch from last year, the Bucks go to Washington to face Washington. The hope was that, again, Tampa Bay would be healthy off, off the bye with Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown, but Brown returned from the bye in a walking boot. He did get some work in in practice yesterday. Hopefully he makes enough progress to play. However, Gronk, I don't think he's going to play. Bruce Arians says they hope to get him back to himself in two or three weeks. So it's doubtful Gronk plays this week. They want to make sure he's right 100% or as close to it as he can be for the stretch run. And now Chris Godwin, his foot issue popped up, I guess. Uh, he's on my fantasy team, so expect him to miss the game, uh, the type of luck I had this year. But now hopefully Godwin is okay, and it was just a minor thing. But it is concerning. Off the bye, he's dealing with a foot. For Washington, they need the defense to just totally flip the switch and step up big time both this week to get after Brady and moving forward if they're going to make a run in the NFC wildcard mix. It starts this week for them. If they can get pressure, they can maybe win. And Taylor Heineke, he's not going to sneak up on them, but he'll look to have the same type of performance he did in last January when he showed that he can play at a high level. And he earned a ton of respect from his teammates that in that close playoff loss. The Browns go to Foxborough to face the Patriots. New England is fair playing probably about as well as anyone in the league right now. They've won three straight. I think it's been four of yeah, four of six, and the two losses were to the Cowboys in overtime and to the Patriots in that nineteen seventeen loss where they narrowly missed a game winning field goal with under a minute remaining and Tom Brady's return to New England. So they're in a good spot. It shouldn't be surprising to anyone. They're happy with the way Mac Jones is playing at quarterback to distribute the ball to a deeper group of weapons and paired with a strong running game. And the defense had a few interceptions and a pick six by J.C. Jackson, who had two interceptions himself in the win over the Panthers last week. So the Patriots are feeling it. This will be a test against the Browns this week and the powerful offensive line that extended two of its stud guards in the past couple of weeks. However, Nick Chubb is on the COVID list currently. He has He's vaccinated, so he can return with two negative tests in consecutive days, 24 hours apart. Hopefully he's cleared by Sunday. It's a shame he's vaccinated, and just hopefully he can return and not miss a game due to COVID. We've seen too much of that, of star players missing games, including vaccinated star players. And again, as mentioned under the Bengals, uh, the Browns defense stepped up big time. Denzel Ward staying healthy and playing at a high level. And they get Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora. He might be back. He's been activated, or he's been 
designated to return from IR. Still don't know how he went in the second round, but he'll be a boost athletically for the linebacker group when he's back. And for the final one o'clock game, the Falcons coming off that win over the Saints go to Dallas. Jerry Jones said his team came out flatter than he's ever seen a team. I agree with what Broncos receiver Tim Patrick said, how Denver felt disrespected by the Cowboys going for it on fourth down early in the game twice in their own territory, pretty deep in their own territory, and they were stuffed both times, didn't get it. It's like the they might have thought they were just coming off a win where they beat the Vikings without Dak Prescott. They might have thought they would just handle the Broncos without much issue. That clearly wasn't the case. And I, I the fourth down stuff, it's just getting crazy at this point. It's not Madden. It's gotten too extreme in many cases with teams going for it. But it's the NFL. You can't take anyone lightly. Lapses will happen. Some games, the Cowboys should get back on track quickly. But they face an under-the-radar Falcons team. Cordero Patterson is just on fire this season. He's been a huge weapon for Matt Ryan. It's been big to have him with Calvin Ridley stepping away due to his mental health. If they can get Ridley back for the stretch run and remain in the mix for an NFC wildcard spot, keep an eye on Atlanta. Also for the Falcons defense, A.J. Terrell, first-round pick in 2020. He had an excellent game last week in the win over the Saints, and he's been a break at one of the league's breakout players this year. Now to the 4 o'clock games. There's four of them this week. Panthers face the Cardinals. James Conner scored three touchdowns in Arizona's win over the Niners last week. Chase Edmonds went down with a high ankle sprain, but Connor can carry the load. And I've said at least a couple times about how Arizona is a physical team, more so this year, and it's been part of their success. And Connor has been a critical factor in that. He has 11 touchdowns this year, leads the league. And even without Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green last week, the Niners were no match for the Cardinals, who are atop the NFC right now. They host the Panthers. Sam Darnold, he was hurt, but he just hasn't been playing well even before the shoulder stuff from what we know. He had a pretty good start to the season, but since then he's fallen off big time, and now he's going to miss at least a few weeks with the shoulder issue. But I've mentioned P.J. Walker before, I think, on the podcast, FLANWolfSports.com. He has experience dating back to Temple, played a lot there for Matt Rule. And now he gets an opportunity to start, maybe for a few weeks, we'll see. But I think Walker can do the job, avoid mistakes, and play to the defense, play through Christian McCaffrey, make plays when it's needed. He can make plays with his legs if needed. But also, it's really interesting, the Panthers have... Had recent talks, according to multiple reports, with Cam Newton, their former MVP. They parted ways with him before pretty much when Rule took over uh, last year. But both sides are seemingly open to a reunion. But both sides are seemingly open to a re- reunion. That would be quite the story to have an MVP return after it didn't really end well. It wasn't a terrible ending, but it was kind of strange the parting between Newton and the franchise. He, I don't think he was happy with it. And it's, it's big of the Panthers to, they're open to it. They were criticized by some. I thought it was an okay choice to move on last year, but 
they were criticized kind of heavily by some for moving on from Newton. And they don't care about the outside noise. If they think Newton can help them win games, they're bringing them in and they're going to say, so we'll see if Newton signs with them at some point. Minnesota coming off the, not quite a class, but they had an early lead over Baltimore last week and couldn't hold on. Lost a close one. They've lost a number of close games this year. They faced the Chargers. I also forgot to mention last week another season-ending injury. Daniel Hunter. He's not really that well-known for mainstream fans, but he's a superstar defensive end, and he's out for the season with a torn pick. That's a massive blow to the Vikings. He might have made a difference last week against the Ravens as they were trying to hold on the lead and win a close game. And now the Dalvin Cook situation, we don't know for sure the facts, but it's not a good look for... I was surprised to see him trending when I went on Twitter yesterday and people were actually criticizing Adam Schefter of ESPN. What he did was he just tweeted out Cook's version of the events as fact, didn't do any vetting that we know of. He has a close relationship with the bike with uh, Cook's agent. And seemingly he just put out put out Cook's side of the story without any second thought. That's what it seems like. That's yeah, I think everyone feels that what happened that was the case that's not a good look um Schefter's had a rough rough stretch and we have um interrupting this we have some breaking news Cam Newton is signing back with the Panthers so he probably won't start this week I would think they're going to give PJ Walker an opportunity to start instead of throwing Newton it's it's Thursday um it's kind of late in the week for him to start but the Panthers face Washington next week. Newton's former coach, Ron Rivera, I think, unless Walker, Walker might need to light it up on Sunday against the Cardinals to have a shot to keep the job because I don't think Newton was going to sign if he didn't think he was going to play. And that's really interesting to have Newton return, a former MVP, returning to the place that took him first overall back in 2011. So a big story, and also Newton is now vaccinated. That was, uh, and back to the Vikings, Chargers, um, the Cook thing. Again, not a good look for all around the reporting of the situation, which everyone everyone took Schefter's word for him. They trust him, but he's losing his trust a bit for those paying attention and those that know how it goes. For the Chargers, Justin Herbert looked, much sharper than he did his previous two games. That said, we'll need to see if he can keep it going because a lot of quarterbacks, pretty much every quarterback has done that. Uh, Not that Herbert had an outstanding game, but has completed passes at high rate on the Philadelphia defense this season. Still, Herbert's probably got his confidence back, and he's the driving force for the Chargers being potential Super Bowl contenders. And the Seahawks, I thought Geno Smith played well, but they'll get a boost at quarterback. With Russell Wilson returning from his finger issue, he only missed three games, I stated earlier. Seattle's going to Green Bay to face the Packers, who should also get their quarterback back. As Aaron Rodgers should be cleared on Saturday from COVID. For the Seahawks, they'll also get 
Carson, Chris Carson potentially back from neck issue. He has to get pumped around in practice this week to see how he responds, uh, Pete Carroll said. But getting Wilson and Carson back would be huge for the offense. And quietly, the defense started playing well. They were they didn't play well at all the first few weeks, but after a slow start, similar to last year, they've gotten on track. And the Seahawks are obviously a team to watch. They're in on Odell Beckham Jr. They didn't claim him. They could have, but they didn't claim him. So they're going to try to sign him as a free agent. Russell Wilson, as you'd expect, has been recruiting him reportedly. I'm sure it's true. And as for Beckham, he's seems like he's going to wait till after this week, maybe, or make a decision late in the week. He's not going to play in week 10. I highly doubt it anyway at this point. But with Wilson back, the Seahawks have the firepower to go to Green Bay, get a win. In his first start, Jordan Love was definitely, he didn't really have the chemistry with his weapons on offense. Devontae Adams, they couldn't connect. Um, you could see Adams was extremely frustrated. Remember, he was coming back from missing the previous game himself because of COVID, even though he was vaccinated. And then he returns and doesn't have his quarterback and likely felt he should have had a big game. So there were, it was definitely, you could tell basically that it was love first start. That said, he got comfortable toward the end of the game, it, it seemed like. They found the end zone, the Packers against the Chiefs, and they made it a game. They could have easily gotten the ball back with a shot to win it. They lost by six. It probably bought Rodgers. It was just one game, but Rodgers, I would think, has a lot of power in the upcoming offseason. The Packers, they know they can win a Super Bowl with Rodgers. They have a good core. The defense, is, the defense played really well against the Chiefs. They play hard and got off the field, got pressure on Patrick Mahomes. They basically, they they definitely, they kept them in the game with the offense struggling. I think the Packers maybe need to go with their run game a little more. If Rodgers misses again, he should be back. But it was surprising A.J. Dillon in particular churning out yardage after contact. And then Aaron Jones is an explosive player in the backfield. Also moves forward for positive yards. They maybe should have gotten more work, I think, if he could get a do-over, Matt LaFleur would give them more carries, more touches. But back to Rodgers, he's been under fire big time from sports media, which I, I don't really think it's fair. Maybe he misled some with when they asked him in the summer, are you vaccinated? And he said, yeah, I'm immunized. The way he said it indicated that he meant he was vaccinated when he said, yeah. But that's, he said he chooses words carefully and he said it, he did say immunized. He didn't say vaccinated, but he did say, yeah, anyway, people have been outraged with his decision. They want to force him to get vaccinated. He's been under fire for the way he put out his story, but you don't have to agree with everything, but I think he made fine points to why he didn't want to get vaccinated. I'm not sure if people actually, the people criticizing him actually listen to what he said. I listened to the whole thing. I think it 
makes perfect sense. If he's allergic to ingredients and was hesitant about the J&J vaccine and he's an independent thinker, that's his style. He's always been like that. I don't have a problem at all with him not wanting to get vaccinated for the reasons he laid out. And as he said, as a personal choice for him, doing what he thinks is best for him and for his future if again you can listen to the interview yourself but he laid it out why he didn't get the vaccine he explained when he really didn't have to if he didn't want to but he explained it all right back to the field the eagles face the broncos in denver the philadelphia offense has totally been turned around from the start of the season they're running the ball led by jordan howard they're running the ball Effectively, the offensive line's now healthy, and it's still uh, one of the best groups in the league when healthy. I'd like to see even more work for Howard. He had 17 carries last week. I think he could give him 20 carries, 20-plus carries, and it's taking pressure off Jalen Hurts. It was a close loss last week, but he played well. Him and Devontae Smith connected for over 100 yards and a touchdown. And Hurts is showing progress as a passer. His throws down the field to Smith were on the money, hit him in stride so he could pick up more yardage. He steps up in the pocket while making some throws. Again, he's a guy that will get better with more experience, as with all players. And they face the Broncos. We touched on them, their mindset last week, what Tim Patrick said about the Cowboys. I was wondering how they would respond to the Von Miller trade. They responded... You couldn't have responded better than that. They, It was 30-16, but it wasn't that close against the Cowboys. They they destroyed them. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams can run the ball. Jerry Judy's back in the lineup, adding another element to the receiving group. And the defense, the linebacker play, has improved since the game against the Browns earlier this season, a few weeks ago on Thursday night. That was really bad run defense, but they've improved there. Eagles-Broncos should be one of the games of the week, I think. Maybe not in terms of great teams, but I think it'll be close. For Sunday night and Monday night, two divisional games. First, Sunday night, Chiefs at Vegas. The Raiders didn't have a good outing off the bye. Their car uncharacteristically threw two interceptions, including a pick six and the loss to the Giants. Remember, they were dealing with the unfortunate Henry Ruggs situation. They added Deshaun Jackson, veteran. He, he can still run. He can still stretch the field. He said he saw how his friend Nelson Aguilar played for the Raiders last year. He Aguilar was a sensational deep threat for Derek Carr, so Jackson confident that Carr can give him the ball down the field. And I expect him to slide in and play a big role. And it wouldn't be surprising if he makes a big impact early on Sunday night, maybe a deep touchdown or something. The Chiefs remain off offensively. They couldn't, they only scored 13 points on the Packers. It was at home. The deep connections haven't been there. They just simply, hard to explain, but they simply don't look very good this year. But a road win this week in prime time might help them get back on track. We'll see. And then finally, the Rams face the Niners. I know they beat the Bucks this year, but that felt like a weird game to me. 
the officiating I don't think was good for Tampa Bay at all. It was it felt like a home field uh, advantage for Los Angeles, not with the crowd, which doesn't really happen there. It was I don't know, it felt like a weird game against the Bucks, but aside from that, they haven't really they've sort of been beating up on inferior opponents. Last week might have been a wake up call against a good Titans team. Matthew Stafford, part of why it's concerning, he struggled. I know he's been on a bad Lions franchise, but he struggled throughout his career against teams with a winning record. The Rams are 0-4 against the Niners the past two years. Maybe they'll bounce back and light it up. The Niners haven't been great. San Francisco, they just they were no match for an underman Cardinals team last week. It was a spot for them to maybe get back on track. It didn't happen. On the bright side, Brandon Ayuk, he second year receiver, first round pick in twenty twenty. He appears to be getting he's like out of the doghouse now, I think, and is a key part of the offense again. As a guy that can dynamic guy that can go up and make plays. But just all around defense especially, but all around the Niners just need to pick it up somehow. If they can't win on Monday night, it's they're probably going to be in a tough hole to climb out of if they can't get a win. For the lock of the week against the spread, Thursday night games, we typically don't like them too much, but Baltimore, 7.5 point favorites at Miami feels like uh, one to consider. I hope not. I hope it's a close game to start the week, but there's a chance it's not. There's a chance it's a blowout like it was maybe not to the point a couple years ago, but there's a chance the Ravens just blow them out on the short week. Jim Harbaugh should have them ready to play. And again, the Dolphins banged up on offense. So So lock of the week, Ravens 7.5 point favorites on Thursday night. Something to consider. Finally, the questions, comments. If you have them, send them in at davidchapine at wolfsports.com. As a relatively new international fan, which NFL team should I root for? From Gale? That's a tough one. Um, I think the Bills are a good pick uh, that everyone seems to like, respect. Josh Allen's really likable. Long-term, they should be good the next decade. Allen's under contract for a while. Sean McDermott is an excellent coach. I think they are a team, if you just want to pick up and root for one team as an international fan, you're not sure who to go with. I think the Bills might be the best choice right now. Yeah, I would say to, if you want to go hardcore and like be a huge fan and live and die with the the results, I think the Bills are... I would say definitely the Bills are the best choice because they should be good. And they're a good team to root for. Other options, if you're if you're not interested in Buffalo for whatever reason, if you don't like the Bills logo or mascot, whatever. Bengals are another good one, a team on the rise. You might like the Tigers. The, they got among the nicest uniforms. 
The Chargers are one to keep in mind. Justin Herbert, also another great young quarterback. The Patriots, uh, they're pretty much the gold standard in the NFL currently, and they should remain contenders with Mac Jones now at quarterback. And then there's teams to consider like the Cowboys, Packers, Steelers, iconic franchises. So yeah, I like the Bills as a team. If you're just picking up and want to root for a team, you're not sure who to cheer for. You're not in a geographic area close to the team, like if you're in Europe or whatever. I think the Bills are a good choice. And one more question I'm going to hit on anyway. Um, Mid-season MVP pick. Because again, we're at the halfway point in the season after week nine. It's really close. There are, there's no, no one's separated. You could even say Derrick Henry, even though the Titans just won without him. You could even say Derrick Henry based off the first nine weeks. But I think, I think my preseason pick, uh, Tom Brady, I think, is the MVP. He's, I think he leads like in all statistical categories. He just had his bye, but he's, he's going to near, I would think, 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards and, the Bucks are a really good team. They've dealt with injuries, but he still puts up numbers. I know he just came off the in his last game the loss to the Saints and had a interception at the end with a chance to win it, but it might be recency bias to downgrade him too much for that. Yeah, I think Brady would be the midseason MVP if you were picking right now. I don't like girly MVPs too much, but a midseason thing is something to think about. And again, if you have any questions, comments, your own thoughts that you want to share on the show, you can send them in, David Chapin at wolfsports.com. And again, we covered all 32 teams, as we do every week. Looked ahead to week 10, talked a little bit about the OBJ situation, see where he signs. Cam Newton is returning to the Panthers. So we covered a lot of the show, and we'll leave it there. And we'll be back next week, as always. Thank you for listening.